Hey, thank you for returning again for another episode. Um, things are coming along quite lovely since pulling back a, a step. Um, I think I have a logo that I like for being trans. I am still working on it and whether or not we can adjust it just a little bit more to make it perfect, we'll see in the coming days. Um, one of the things I really really enjoy about the holiday season. And it's not a matter of being Christian. It's not a matter of any religion whatsoever, because if you've known me, I am no fan of organized religion. I really am not. I don't, don't care who you believe in. I don't really care. You can believe in or you can believe in Christ. I don't, it's not going to make a big difference to me. As long as you don't interfere with my life. I still enjoy Christmas music. It holds a different meaning to me. Um, and that being that when my grandfather was alive, my mother was a wonderful person. Um, I think if my grandfather would have survived to my adolescent years, my... Issues with my mother as far as being transgender would have been vastly different. I think I would have had a parent who would have listened. Um, but when my grandfather died, my mother went off the rails. And and that, that does happen because there is no right way or wrong way to grieve. forgot to take one of my pills this morning. Just took it. My happy pills. Love them. Um, and in saying that, one of the things that I wanted to bring to your attention was how my Christmases when I was younger with my grandfather around were really magical. Our family made it magical. The environment was magical. The people were magical. It didn't necessarily mean that it was a Christian holiday in our home, but it, it in some ways it was, but we didn't really make it overtly Christian. And I remember when my sisters were home, and I was quite a bit younger, and I was probably about five, and that was the biggest Christmas I remember, four or five, because my grandfather came down. And it was only for a short time, but still, to me, it was absolutely the best Christmas I could have ever had. And I, I affectionately call my grandfather Cookie Dad. So if you ever hear me say Cookie Dad, please know it's my grandfather on my mom's side. I never really knew Fred, which is my dad's father, and nor after what I know now, would never really want to know him. Um, and I really think my, grandf my, my grandfather, Cookie Dad, was a true, a true good heart. He meant a lot of what he did. He embodied, in my mind, a caring grandparent. He did a lot for the boys club as well in uh, Corona, California. 
and I have done a lot of research on on my grandfather, and I I think that my sisters would be even more pleasantly surprised had they known the full truth about my grandfather on my mom's side. I don't have his story of what happened around him having to make the choice to come to Cal to go to California from Michigan. I don't know all the ins and outs. And I don't know all the ins and outs of why my grandparents got divorced. But they did. And that was a long, long time ago. And no one knows the truth. And the people who would are all dead. And that includes my mom, who was a very little girl at that time. She didn't even know the truth. So, yeah, there's that whole story. And so with my mother's death, so ended her whole family tree. Because really, without us knowing what took place and the truth behind it all, there's no way to give that story. It's kind of sad in a way. But getting back to why this, this, this um, podcast is about, Yesterday I was in the opportunity, no, I was in the presence of somebody who said something that blew me away. I've never been one really for Thanksgiving because to me it always seemed so commercialized. It always seemed so, you have to do this, you have to do that, and it has to be about the pilgrims coming to America, which in fact, when you start looking at it, those pilgrims that landed in America destroyed and started a genocide. So, yeah, despite their reasons for coming there, it created centuries of untold suffering to the native people of America. And so celebrating Thanksgiving as Thanksgiving for the pilgrims and what they did. Yeah, I'm not really keen on that. Um, and it's kind of the same here in Australia. We have a thing called Australia Day, which does the exact same thing. And Canada Day is the same thing. But when you start to look at what took place during that time, there were already people in these areas. But because the British government said, unless you had um, homes and farming, etc., etc., etc. You weren't a com you weren't a country. You weren't civilized. Even though there were five civil, ten civilized tribes in America, one I suspect a couple of them were wiped out just so that they could say that this was uncivilized. And the evidence is out there that you can see that these were not all nomadic people. Even down in Arizona and in New Mexico. And yeah, there, there, there's just so much evidence that some tribes were not nomadic. And some were. And it doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just the truth of the matter. And when you look at all that took place, 
all that those people have suffered for over those years and over the years that we are still alive, because a lot of them are still suffering. If you look at what took place at the pipeline issues, yeah, they're still suffering. They don't want that stuff on their land, but the government forces it through. You think more and more that Thanksgiving is not necessarily the correct phrase. This one person that I was in the presence of, um, I was on Discord talking to a few friends, and she said, Friendsgiving. And I thought, Friendsgiving. And I don't know if she meant it as a as as what she was saying was purposeful to say Friendsgiving, or if she screwed up and said friends and giving, or if she screwed up Thanksgiving. But either way, it came to Friendsgiving. And I think this is a magical word that we need to really push a little bit harder. And so as I wrote on my blog today, I talked a little bit about Friendsgiving and using that term. But I want to go a little bit deeper. Every year since the kids and I left and started on our own and became a family of four instead of a family of six. Um, we changed a lot of things. And one of the things we changed was to do good to others. When I was together with my ex, that wasn't our focus. And it used to be my focus before I got together with my ex. It used to be my focus to be kind to everyone. To open my home to those less fortunate than I am. And when it came to my ex, that wasn't the way. That tradition that I started for 14 years was paused. When we left, we were able to unpause that. We started putting it out. That our home is inclusive, our home is welcoming, and our home is kind. If you can meet those needs, you are welcome in my home. We have opened the doors at times for those who needed a safe place. We've opened the doors for those who needed a, a shoulder or love or compassion or just plain kindness. We have opened the doors to feed others. We've had soup feeds where I've made two big pots of soup and fed friends till they were full and could barely walk out. We've opened our home to Christmas dinner or holiday dinner, whatever you want to call it. But this year, I want to stress to everybody that can hear my voice. It's time for you to take this challenge. I'm not saying I'm better than you, because I'm not. I'm the same as you. I support the free mom, free mums hugs group. I think they are fantastic. But my challenge is a little bit different. This year for Thanksgiving, let's change the word. And let's call it Friendsgiving instead of Thanksgiving. It's just a simple change. But it's also a change in your ideals around this holiday. In America, 
you sit down and you're thankful for the food. At least you're supposed to be thankful for all the food that's in front of you and the bounties and the blessings that you have in your lives. That is the true spirit of thanksgiving. But over the years, we've seen so many LGBT people who are not welcome at home. Who are not cared for. Who do it hard and do it alone. So here's my challenge to you. Yeah, it's tomorrow. But you could surprise someone with a surprise invitation to your home. Because you cooked just that little bit extra to make sure that they had a place at a table with people that were kind and compassionate. You could lift where you stand. Reach out with your hand and help another person up. That's my challenge to you right here, right now. Take the time and lift another person up to your level. Feed them. Give them a place to enjoy a meal. Learn about them. You don't even have to be LGBT. Plus. <laughs> um, you don't have to be anything other than human. With a kind heart. I'm not asking you to... Um, pause your beliefs. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm just asking you to look at the word love and do it. Think about what you will learn. Think about the possibility of making a new friend. Or if you have a friend at work who you know is doing it hard and might not have a good Thanksgiving. How about bring them into your home and make it a Bring a plate, a potluck. You bring yours, we'll have ours. Instead of making someone like a single father who ends up not nearly knowing how to cook but takes his kids to Denny's or an elderly person, do something different this year for Thanksgiving and make it a Friendsgiving. Make it something exciting. Not only for you, but for your children or for those around you. Now, granted, I probably should have said this a couple of weeks ago to get you prepared for it. Sorry, I only had this idea come to me this morning. But on top of that, to be honest, I've done it for the last four years. I've opened my home during Christmas. Now, we're coming up to Christmas again. So I'm giving you a few weeks to get ready for this idea. And hearing this idea of Friendsgiving, the person took it one step further and said, we're doing an ornament exchange. And I thought, you know, I love the white elephant. I think it is a beautiful thing between friends. But I think we need to take it one step further. So first, invite people to Christmas dinner with you. You don't even have to have it on the 25th. There's no reason to have Christmas on the 25th except to say that it's on the 25th and we bastardize an idea that Christ was born in, in December, which he wasn't, okay? We don't even have 
evidential proof of he was even born. So how in the hell do we know he was born in December? He wasn't. <laughs> um, it just comes to that simplistic thought. And when you, and we'll leave it at that because I, I don't want to get in a historical discussion on Christ in this idea. But what I want you to do is even if you have to change the date, change the date. Invite a family, a friend, a whole bunch of friends. Open your home. Give someone a reason to be excited about the holidays. Give them a reason to be happy. Show them compassion, love, and an open heart. Because this is what the holidays is really about. It's about bringing us together. It's about making us connected. Not only as families, but as friends. So if we took that friends giving and we advanced it just one more step and brought it into the Christmas holidays. Because here in Australia, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. But we can celebrate a better holiday season. Invite some friends over. Mix them up. If you have, you know, it's like, for lack of a better way, if you have a Hispanic friend, invite the Hispanic friend with the Jewish friend. You don't have to call it Christmas, so you're not insulting. Just remember, if they're Jewish, you can't cook the meat and veggies in the same place together. There is their rules. But you can invite them to bring a dish. And you can make a dish and talk it over with them. See what is okay for them to have. All right? And be respectful. And if you know some LGBT people, please focus on them because some of us don't have families. You lose your families. And building a new family with friends is magical. Next, tell everybody that they have to bring one gift that's worth $10. Cannot go above it. Give them instructions on a size of a box that the gift has to fit into. A 6 by 6 by 6 cube. Or tell them where to buy the box that you want them to buy for it. Keep it cheap. Okay, the idea is not to go above ten dollars. They can put a rib they can only put a ribbon and a bow of a certain color on this, and they all must be the same. Okay, you don't want any of them to, to deviate. You don't want somebody to bring in a big neon green while everybody else is white. They have to be the same. When they come in, take the box and say thank you. This is for later. Mix up all the boxes so nobody knows which one's which. If somebody's done something like you put wrapping paper or a marker on it or something, fix it. So they have no clue. Then, at the end of, the, at the end of dinner, sit down with your friends. Enjoy some coffee, maybe a wine, maybe some bubbly, and just... Relax with them and get to know them and bring out the presents. If you have kids too, have them join in. 
you might have to spend a little bit more for their $10, but believe me, this is going to come back to you. Mix up all the presents so no one knows which one's which. And then, starting with someone, have them grab one of the presents. Now, you may end up with your own present. This is the risk you take. And in so saying, you get the pleasure of making sure that you buy a great $10 present. Because if you get stuck with your own present, you wouldn't want it to be crappy. Believe me, if, it, if I could have a box full of poly waffles or $10 worth of poly waffles, I would be happy with that because I really like poly waffles. But even if it was a couple of cans of A&W root beer, I could be happy with that. So do you see what I'm saying? Choose something that someone is going to cherish. Make the present something that you'd want as well, in case you do accidentally grab yours. I'm not a big fan for the shuffle madness. I think what you grab is what you grab. That way you don't get any hard feelings in the group. But do take the time and try this out. It's a great friendship bonding moment. And when someone opens it up and they go, oh, that's cool. Or I love this. Or hey, thanks. It makes someone else in the room who bought that feel special. And remember to remind your people that are giving gifts not to claim that they made that they got that choice. That was theirs. Because the idea is for no one to know who gave what. Make the holidays something special. Lift where you stand and help others to stand as well. This is what the holiday season's all about. Love, compassion, and caring. I wish you and all your best. Oh, the best. I wish you and all yours the best during this trying part of the season. Wow. Um, I'm certainly not going to redo this one. I'm to the point where I'm tired of redoing episodes. Um, <laughs> you're just going to have to live with my silliness. But I just, I just want you to know that I care about you. And I want you to have a good time. If you're local to me, my door is open if you're a good person. Or get in contact with me, and we'll talk it out. And I'll let you know when I'm doing it and how we're doing it, because I change it each year. And each year is a little bit different. So thank you very much for listening. And if you need help, please Please, please, please make a phone call. Talk to someone. Lifeline, crisis line, men's line, Q Life, and so many others are out there for you. Even some in your local area. And if you're here in Tasmania, like I always said, if you need someone to talk to, 
you don't even have to be LGBT. I have a good friend, and I trust her with all that I have. Victoria at Attitude Counseling, 0499-184-088. She didn't pay me to do this. I did this out of the kindness of my heart because I actually believe in what she does. Thank you again, and happy holidays. Bye now.